All right. Well, this morning I'm going to uh, start here. Uh, we talked about in Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38. We talked about this a little bit last week. I ended, I think, with this verse. And I want to start here again. And I'm just talking um, along the lines of what are we filled with? Because in this time, in this um, year, 2020, man, we got some clarity. We got 2020 vision, don't we? Something cleared up in my view of what's going on. And the thing is, is the church matters. We can see what we want to see. Uh, if we focus on the negative, we're going to see nothing but negative. If we focus on what God's doing, we will get excited. And so I think 2020 is the year of, 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 clarity, of clarity, of seeing things more clearly. But I want to see God more clearly. I don't want to just see the negative. Because the negative, you don't even have to look hard. All you got to do is just kind of look around at what's going on. But uh, let me start here in Luke chapter 36 and read this. It says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be, as he will be poured into your lap for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back. We talked about this a little bit last week and I think, you know, we look at this verse, and sometimes we look at it as, well, it's talking about money. It is. But it's talking about whatever you give, because you know what? I have given things in my life, and I'm talking about attitude. <laughs> I'm talking about ugly to people. I'm talking about uh, kindness. I'm talking about generosity. And I'm talking just my time. So I think basically when he says there, he says, verse 38, give and it. It doesn't define what it is. It just says, if we give, whatever we give is what I'm reading it, what I'm seeing, it will come back. It will be given back, but not just the same measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so, you know, we can give ugly, we can give meanness, we can give kindness, we can give prayer. You know, I, I, I remember years ago, uh, I was talking with David Campbell. And Dave, we were, it was just during this time where there were uh, a lot of uh, people in ministry that were, they were falling. They were falling away. Things were happening. And, and I, I, anyway, in the course of the conversation, him and I, we were just talking. And, and he says, you know, we, we, we as the church, we as the church, not this church, just the church in general, we haven't done a very good job. And I, I said, well, what, what do you mean by it? I'm, I'm, what are you talking about? And he says, well, what I mean is that I don't think that we have prayed for our leaders like we should be praying for. And he was talking about pastors. But the thing is, is when we, so I guess, and so I said, well, well let, me, let me understand. He says, what I mean is that if we pray, uh, then bottom line is, is God moves. But if we see people falling and things going south and, and things, when I say south, that's not a good thing. Is that, is that racist? I don't mean to be racist. When we see things going wrong, uh, you know, maybe we need to step back and say, what do I need to do? Rather than going, hey, not my problem. It's our privilege and our opportunity. And so for us to, to realize that we give, we get what we give. And so as, as we give some time to pray, Pastor Joe read a verse last night. And I just, I was going to hit this a little later, but I'll hit it right now. Uh, he read this verse last night, and it was uh, out of Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, verse um, 2. Actually, 1 and 2, if I can find it here. 
And the verse says to pray for leaders. Pray for those in authority. And uh, where is this at? Excuse me. Here it is. It says, I urge you then. This is uh, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for the kings and those who are in authority, for presidents, governors, mayors, for uh, those that are uh, senators, representatives, uh, whatever the le- uh, parents, bosses, uh, you know, whatever that looks like, CEOs. We, we're, we're supposed to pray for them. We're supposed to take time and pray. And this is what he goes on. And this is the verse that hit me, and then I'll move back to where I was. He says uh, that we may, why do we, why should we pray for these people? They're a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute, what's inside of me? What's inside of me? Anger, bitterness, frustration, all this. Oh, I just, I won't, I won't. You know what we got to do? We've got to see to it. And listen, people, we're not praying for people because they deserve it. <laughs> we're praying for, well, they do deserve prayer. <laughs> We're not praying for people because they've earned it. We're praying for people because this is what God's called us to do. That needs to be what comes out of us, the, the, the willingness to pray, God, intervene. And we're not praying, God, kill them. God, bless them with the brick. We're praying, God, put people in their life. Give them wisdom. Cause uh, light to come to their, to their, to their world, to their, to their life. So they can see what's going on. Put influential people, what, however you pray. But we're supposed to pray. And the reason all that is this. Because we're supposed to? Well, yes, but I love this next part. And he says, pray for those. Pray for those that are uh, in authority. Why? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness. This is good and it pleases God the Savior. So when we pray... You know what's the byproduct of us praying for leaders? Peace. Quietness. We have quietness inside. Why? Because I've I've prayed, and I am praying. So if we're filled, listen, and the reason I think this is, we hit me so hard yesterday is because this year, in this time, where we are right now, I've never seen anything like we're going through right now. I haven't. I've been around a little while. I've never seen anything in this my lifetime I'm talking about. But the thing is, is if we will reach inside and say, God, I'm going to give. Because here's the thing. If I give my prayers, my love, my concern, God, open their eyes, give them direction, uh, help them, then you know what comes back to me? What I give and it. Let's turn the table. Let's turn the table. I can't stand these people. They're all a bunch of losers. They're a bunch of, you know what I hope? I hope they don't wake up in the morning. I hope, I hope they, I hope they, when we do that, let me tell you what's, what's coming out of us. Let me tell you what. Give, and it will be given back to you. We determine what is coming back into our lives. We determine what's coming back on every wave. We're the ones that determine. If I don't like the things that are coming back, then I have to stop and say, wait a minute. Is this a reflection? And see, some of us would say, no, I don't do that. This just happens. Well, okay. But the truth is, we can control the peace that comes into our lives, the quietness that we, op- that we live with by doing what God says. This verse that I just read in Luke is a principle. It's, it's a principle. It's like the principle of, of, of gravity. I can jump off here and say, well, I'm not going to fall. Well, I don't care what you say. is. I'm going to fall. Same thing with this. Give and it. What are we giving? 
What are we giving those leaders? Are we giving them prayer, concern? Are we giving them, uh, you know, our our uh, covering? Are we covering them? Well, I don't want them to be the this, the that, the whatever. doesn't say we're praying for them to win or praying for them to lose. I'm praying that God's will be done. I'm going to do what I know to do in my heart. I'm going to do what I know to do. But here's the thing. If we pray according to what God tells us, let God's kingdom come. Let his kingdom come and let his will be done. So this verse, uh, basically what we give, what's inside of us is going to come out. Even in your most holy time of prayer, if you're frustrated and angry, you got all this stuff, and you start praying for people that are maybe in opposition or maybe looking at things differently than you, you know what? Either we don't pray or we pray wrong if we're not careful. So we need, and I think we can turn the tables of our, for our life. I think we can turn the tables for our country. I think we can turn the table for what's going on in, in, in our city and in our nation if we will take seriously. What are we supposed to be doing? I'm just waiting for this to end. Wait on. But we need to be praying. And so when that comes out of us, if we're filled with Galatians 5.22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. If we're full of that, if that is the fruit that we're full of, that when when life squeezes us, what comes out? Self-control. I hope. (laughs) When life squeezes us, what comes out? Gentleness, kindness, joy, peace. Does that come out? That's what needs to come out. And the verse, let me read this verse again also. This is Luke 6, verse 44. And it says, each tree is recognized. Now, he's not talking about trees necessarily. He is, but he's talking about our lives. He says, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. And then he says, a good man brings forth good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Or a mean man brings forth mean things out of the meanness stored up in his heart. Or a kind man brings forth kindness. A kind person brings forth kindness. A prayerful man brings forth prayer, praise. And so the thing is, is it's not enough just to wait for things to change. What we're full of, and we are the hope. The church is the hope of the world. It's the hope of this nation. It's not a new president or a new Congress or a new... It's none of that. Those things are going to happen. But the church, we can't sit back and wait to be led by all of that. We're leading by what's inside of us, by taking our time, by spending more time on our knees than in front of the television. That's just a metaphor. Maybe you don't get on your knees. Maybe you sit in your chair and pray. Maybe you drive and pray. But being aware that our voice counts. And if what's inside of us is hope, then we're going to pray hope-filled prayers. If what's inside of us is love, then we're going to pray loving prayers. Because that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what is inside of us. And then the last part of that verse, he says, For the mouth speaks whatever the heart is full of. That was Jesus talking. The mouth speaks whatever the heart is full of. Let's look at Ephesians for a few minutes. 
Ephesians 5, verse 15. Paul's writing here, and he says, Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And then he goes on, and it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it's like, well, that's kind of a weird thing to jump to. But he says, don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Now, that's a word we use every day, right? Debauchery. So, uh, everybody say debauchery. debauchery. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> we, I hear that all the time. What does that word mean? That word, this is what that word debauchery means. Uh, and, of course, in this day and age, it was, it was alcohol. That's what people, they just got drunk. They got drunk on wine. They got drunk on alcohol. But that word debauchery, this is, he says, so don't be, don't be uh, drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. We're thinking, oh, man, that must have been an Old Testament problem they had. No. <laughs> Let me tell you what debauchery, this is what it means. It means excess and riot. You can look it up. Excess and riot. It means self-abandoned, it's like a self-abandoned life. Um, Prodigy. What's that? Prodigy. <laughs> it's where we get the word prodigal son. It's a prodigal son is, is uh, uh, to live irresponsibly. Actually, we say the prodigal son, it's the irresponsible son. We say, you know, it was really... Uh, he was a lost son. He was irresponsible. He was living a life of debauchery. He was living a life saying, I don't want any rules. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And that was what he did for a while until it all came to a crashing end. And so what Paul says here is he says, uh, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And this was back then. Um, and I think that there's evil in every day. And if we're, if we're not being filled with what's good, we find ourselves being filled with things that are not so good. But he says, don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. You know what? So well, wine will lead to debauchery. Let me tell you what else leads to debauchery. Filling ourselves with the stuff of the day. The stuff that we're always hearing, the negativity. You know, it's like, oh, no, I think it's talking about just wine. It's not. It's talking about being under the influence of something else. I can tell you that I know when I find myself under the influence of other things, and I'll tell you how I know, because when it squeezes me, I know what comes out. What comes out is what's on, what I'm full of. And so he said, Paul says, uh, be, be wise. Uh, be wise how you live. Be wise how you live. Make the most of every opportunity. And then he's basically warning us, what, watch what you're being filled with. Watch what you're allowing to fill your life. He says, instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs from the Lord. Sing and make music from, the heart, from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, you know, it's like, that sounds kind of weird. We're going to be walking around, 
singing, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, it's weird, huh? But the truth of the matter is, is if that's what's inside of us, we're going to respond to the world we live in out of what we're full of. And if I'm full of the word, instead be filled with the spirit. If we're filled with the spirit, you know what? We're going to be filled with the word of God, with the words of God. We're going to be filled with the fruit of the spirit. And when we respond, we're going to respond in such a way that it's going to be a blessing. When God speaks to his children, he doesn't speak a curse. He doesn't speak negativity. He doesn't speak, he speaks life. He speaks life. The question, I guess, and I'm wrapping this up today, is what, if we are aware, or maybe let me say it this way, we're in, we're in control. We're responsible for what's inside of us. You can't blame it on your mama. You can't blame it on your boss. You can't blame it on your president or your Congress. You can't blame it on the, the country. You can't even blame it on your little brother, your little sister. This is what we are responsible for, what's inside of us. And we control it. We open or we close. We open our lives and let it come in or we make sure that we don't let things come in that ought to be not inside of us. I want to look at Proverbs. This is uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Let me read this. And this will be the last verse that I used this morning. But I want us to, to just think about this because the thing is, is you choose and I choose what we're full of. We choose it. Well, no, I'm just angry. Man, let's, let's change it then. Let's change that anger. I'm just frustrated. Let's change it. Let's decide that I'm, I'm going to be filled with hope. Well, I'm just worried. Let's change that worry into expectation of God. Let's change it. This is Proverbs. I love this verse. Verse 20, Proverbs 4, verse 20. New Living Translation. My child, pay attention. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate, penetrate deep into your heart. For they will bring life to those who find them and healing to, all, to their whole body. Verse 23 is, I, the whole, these whole, all these verses are a key to this, but this is kind of the key to it all. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart above all else, above, even above your bank account, even above your social security number. Guard that too. But guard your heart because they might get your stuff, but if they get your life, your stuff doesn't matter, whoever they are. Guard your heart with all diligence. Diligence. Man, diligence is, is it's the opposite of being lazy and just kind of, ah, it doesn't matter. And, man, we see and we listen and we allow things and we, uh, you know, does it make us bad people? Not necessarily, but it puts us in a bad place sometimes when we don't guard our heart. He says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If you and I don't like the, the course that our life is set on, if you're saying, man, I don't like the direction of, of my marriage. I don't like the direction of, of my relationships with my kids. I don't like the direction of, of my future. I don't like the direction, okay, 
must be somebody else's fault then, right? No. It's our privilege. If we go back to this first verse, he says, the first, uh, the first thing we read, uh, let me find it here. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful how you live. Be very careful how we live. And it's not living in fear. It's living intentionally. I intentionally do certain things because that's good for me. Now, I need this word today. I'm not preaching this like I got this wired. I'm flesh and blood just like everybody in this room. I need this message too. And there has been a a, a massive effort in, in our world to make some serious deposits in our life of hopelessness, of fear, of, of you know what? It's never going to be whatever you fill the blank in. It's never going to be like it was before. Oh, my gosh, what's it going to look like? Be very careful how you live, Paul says. See, when, when, when Paul actually wrote that first, uh, that, that first is in First Timothy, when he was saying, pray for your leaders, pray for your government. You know, you know who was the, the Caesar at that time, the emperor? Nero. You talk about wacko. The guy burnt down Rome while he fiddled. <laughs> while he played the violin. I don't know if that's all true or not, but they say that. But the thing is, is he was basically telling the Christians in in the known world at that time, pray for the leaders. They didn't have uh, righteous leaders on every, at every level. They had leaders that were putting Christians to death. They were shutting them down. They were running them off. They were locking them up. And the Apostle Paul saying, pray for them. Pray for leaders that you can live peaceable and quiet lives. Are we going to have problems? Probably. But you know what? Problems are just a part of this time that we live in but the peace in our heart the the quietness in our heart that we can pull back and we can we can have that that's what God wants us to be filled with that peace and that quietness that we can trust him in this face of anything and everything guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life not the president not the government that doesn't well no no it does control you know what your heart See, whatever happens in the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, we might be living different, but let me tell you right now, we can be living with, if our lives and our hearts, if we're filled with the Spirit and filled with peace and, and, and hope and joy, and, and it, we might be living differently. I know people, and you do too, that don't have one-tenth, one-twentieth, one-fiftieth of what you have in your closet. And they're filled with love and joy. They're not better than us. They've learned the secret of contentment. Contentment is a secret that God wants us to have. Not pursuing everything. That'll make me happy. As soon as this person gets into office, as soon as that bill. And listen, I'm all for praying and voting for righteousness. I'm, don't, don't misunderstand me. Will I vote? Yeah, I'll vote. Don't even, don't even worry about that. I will definitely be voting because that's my responsibility. But the truth of the matter is, is I'm not waiting for the results of those elections and those things to determine what my future is going to look like. Guard your heart with all diligence 
For out of it spring all the issues of life. Out of your heart. I'll finish with this quick thought. When the children of Israel were in Egypt, they lived in a place called Goshen. And basically they were thriving. Now, it was a literal land. It was a literal place. But they were thriving and multiplying and everything they were touching. Man, the, 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 the animals that they were raising and, and the crops that they were growing, it was, it was going and growing and increasing. And they were until there became a new Pharaoh. But during that time, it says that the, whenever Moses shows up in that particular story and he calls for, you know, the, the play, or God says, I'm going to send the plagues. And it says that they didn't face all that stuff in the land of Goshen. They didn't face all that. Now, they were in Egypt, but in all of Egypt, it says there was all these plagues were taking place, but God covered his people. Church, not because they were righteous and they were doing everything right. God chose to cover them. I want you to know we're his sons and daughters. And God tells us, I want you to guard your heart. I want you to, to guard your heart because out of your heart, all the issues of life, everything you're experiencing right now is what's flowing out of your heart. And so we've got to make sure that what goes in is good. I remember when computers began to first uh, come out and the saying, you know, garbage in, garbage out. How come I can't make my computer do that? You didn't put it in there. Well, I thought that's what computers were supposed to do. Nope. Computers only spit out what you have inside, what you have access to. Our life can only spit out, as it were, or, or bring forth what's inside of us. This morning, I just want to pray that we do an inventory once again of our life. We've got to do this all the time, continuously. I don't think we're that bad off or that far off of, of where God wants us to be. We just have to take some steps back. We have to take inventory. Guard your heart. Let's pull down thoughts, imaginations, and things that are opposite what God wants. Let's pray.